an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 All right, everybody. Good evening as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? What do you got to do? Visit Geico.com for free. Rate, quote, what a great night to be on the radio Saturday, September 8th. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. Are you ready to roll? Lots of games to go over, my friend. Oh, Mike. Even just the intro right there got me a little extra fired up. It is football season, NFL tomorrow, college today. There's a lot to talk about, man. What a great time to be on air. Uh, I was not impressed with the matchups, though. Let's be honest. Not a lot of great matchups. I think there was only two teams uh, of matchups inside the top 25. Um, but there's starting to be a little bit of drama late tonight. As a matter of fact, a couple of games I'm keeping my eye on, um, one of them at the half, and that's Florida State losing to Samford 23-21. You know, at first I'm like, okay, it will have a, a, a score correction by halftime. No such thing. And, and Samford was winning this game, I believe, 14 nothing and 23-14. So uh, that game at the half, one I'm keeping my eye on. And also Kentucky up 21-16 late in the game there, Aaron. 
Uh, Kentucky, 31 straight losses <laughs> to Florida coming into this game. They're trying to hold on. Arnie, I know you remember when Kentucky beat Florida last time. I know you were like, you know, probably, you know, I don't know, what, mid-40s, early 50s? Oh, at, at of course, point. yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, I think you might have had a, you know, a, I don't know, it was a long time ago. Let's just put what it would there. a two-team parlay pay if you had Kentucky straight up to win against Florida? And you had Kansas, who what broke their streak, right? Oh um, yeah, yeah, forty what forty something on the road, uh, losing on on the road. They won. Uh, you could be a rich man right now. You'd be you'd be buying your own island for crying out loud. You know, I was gonna say it's a great day to be a basketball school playing football, except that Desager gave us an update and UConn's getting killed. And I, I forget what happened early in the day. Who, who did Houston play again? I, I, I don't talk about Arizona anymore. Okay. My wife won't allow me to. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I, my wife won't allow me to talk about it in the house or on the show. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah. We we can I move just, on. I mean, it look, it hurts so much. But you know what? Because now I'm worried. Now that my Wildcats are 0-2, i got to rely on my Giants and my Dolphins. And I'm a little worried that neither neither one of those teams may win tomorrow. Well, I was going to say, yesterday we did a fill-in show, and you had yeah. the Giants winning. I think you have them winning the division. I think you yeah. have them winning the Super Bowl. I'm the a little Stanley nervous, though. I, I have Green Bay in the Super Bowl, but I'm still a little nervous that they may not win tomorrow, and then I'll be – all my teams will be eliminated in September. First of all, they're winning tomorrow. The Jags are a sham. We're going to talk plenty of NFL later. But they're going to win tomorrow. They're going to be great. It will be a party in the Spanier house. But, yeah, I'm not going to lie. A lot of uh, not successful teams in that house right now. That's right. A couple, th- a couple things I want to get to. Uh, and, and the first thing, and I know everybody was watching that Clemson A&M game, which just ended about 20 minutes ago. But what do you think about all these cream puff games? You know, like Miami beating Savannah State 77 to nothing. I mean, that, that that's uncalled for. And I'm sure they could have probably hung a hundred. Auburn sixty three to nine over Alabama State for crying out loud. Alabama fifty seven to seven, and that's not even that bad against Arkansas State, who's a little bit more of a name than the other schools I mentioned. I you know Virginia Tech just trouncing William and Mary and Oregon beating Portland. Well, I, mean, I, I I think it's it's well, gone too far here. No, I mean to me, first of all. It's gone too far, except, as you said, Sanford is beating Florida State. But to me, if it's a bad game, just don't watch. Look, we understand this has been going on since before uh, I was born, since you, you know, middle of your career probably. But it's been going on a while. Okay, that was the last one. I'll I'll be nice now. But, you know, my whole thing is there's so many great games on over the course of the day. We got Texas A&M Clemson. We got, even though South Carolina, Georgia wasn't that good. There was plenty of good football to me. And look, by the way, there's been some blowouts in games that were supposed to be competitive. Uh, Mississippi State, Kansas State was one-sided. USC, even though the score is relatively close, is getting blown out by Stanford. To me, I just think there's so much great football on TV. Don't worry about the games that are boring. Just watch the ones that are fun. It's not that they're boring. I mean, it's one thing to go ahead and schedule a little bit easier, a little bit on the softer side. It's another thing. And look, I don't even know Savannah State's football background. But to schedule something like that, can't you at least make it where you're not you know, going to crush them by that score where maybe it's a three or four touchdown difference, something like that, you know, Aaron? Well, let me flip it on you, and I'm not doing this to be a jerk, and I'm not yeah. doing it to be funny, but Arizona relatively aggressively scheduled out of conference. I mean, BYU and Houston 
are to, you know they're they're not kind of quote unquote power five teams, but they're good teams. Right. And now Arizona's zero and two. Don't you wish that there was a Savannah State on your schedule? Well, we have Southern Utah. I'm not even so sure we'll beat them next week. I'm not you know I'm not even at this point. But no, I mean those are teams outside the top twenty five. If you can't beat them, then you know what you, you deserve what you get. I, you can't just keep ducking everybody. And well, I guess that that's what we always blame the SEC for. But they're off to a phenomenal start so far this year. Yeah. Well, Miami played LSU last week. Texas Tech, by the way, that was another team that won by literally like 70 points. I mean, they played Ole Miss last week. Uh, so I, to me, it's just this is part of football. You almost get what's the equivalent of a, a bye week where you actually play. We understand why it's done. The little schools need the money. The big schools want the extra win on their schedule to try and get bowl eligible. I have no problem with it. To me, it's just the economics of, of college football. And like I said, I, you know, I, my attention was much more on – the games that are going to have the big-time impact, whether it's Clemson A&M, whether it's Stanford USC, whatever it is. Uh, one other game I am keeping my eye on, Indiana State-Louisville. Um, I think was tied at 7 at, at halftime. Uh-oh. So, I didn't yeah, see that. Uh, Indiana State hasn't been this relevant since what, Larry Bird. So, so, so how, keep so, your eye on that. Let's get, let's get a combative here early in the show. How are you going to crush these ga- these schools for playing these big games, and then talk about how I- how interested you are to follow Florida State, Sta- Florida State, Sanford, and Louisville, Indiana State? It's compelling. It, it, those games are, but when you're beating other teams seventy-seven to nothing, you know, I mean, uh, why even why even bother scheduling something like that? And how much is Savannah State getting to play in a game like that? But I mean, that's beside the point, though. Um, look, uh, eventually people are going to say you got to schedule up a little bit, and it's going to come back and bite them in the backside when we're going to start de- deciding who the fourteen playoffs going to be. Uh, did you see the Clemson game uh, against A and M? What did you think about that one? It was a phenomenal game, and it was on. I, I don't know what it was like in the Spanier household. Uh, I know it's a little glum from the Arizona earlier today, but you know, in the office here, I mean, we were having a blast watching that game, and and we there's a lot of different takeaways. How A and M lost the the fumble out of the end zone late, but to me, my biggest takeaway. I don't know how you feel, Arnie, is that Jimbo Fisher worth every penny that guy is. I mean, you know, A&M was kind of criticized in the offseason. How can you spend that much on a coach, $75 million guaranteed? He looked like he was worth every penny tonight as they almost pulled off the upset against the number 2 team in the country. All right, I didn't have the sound on I because uh, I'm getting ready for the show. You know, everything's hooked up, so I obviously I'm watching the game, but the sound's not on. I could have sworn that when the guy fumbled, Fields, I, I believe, right, that he, that one of the referees and you guys, I, I know I I'm, I'm positive marks it out of bounds at the two yard line. I was he doesn't he doesn't rule it a fumble. He marks it okay or he, excuse me he marks it a fumble out of bounds, uh, the ball out of bounds at about the two yard line and puts his foot there, Aaron. So when they come back and say the call is confirmed. Well, then it should have been at the two yard line. I I didn't understand. Yeah, I I I think that that was the initial. I you know the problem is you got so many of these guys, so many refs and everything on the field that there's uh, sometimes we see this. There are multiple calls on a, on a play, but it was called out of bounds, which then of course becomes a touchback and it's a change of possession, and all that stuff. Um, you know, my whole thing is video replay just in general, and we see this all the time. But the idea that if you call it on the field, you need indisputable video evidence to overturn it because it looked like there was 
evidence that it could potentially be overturned, but it wasn't right. indisputable. So to me, I think that that look, it that play in specific calls into question about a lot of things, the replay, the rule itself. But at the end of the game, A and M had that chance to tie it up. They couldn't. They couldn't execute. Well, but but anyway, yes, as you mentioned, they come back, they score, they couldn't get the two pointer. It wasn't even close. Um, Clemson lucky. Uh, the quarterback for A and M, uh, Kellen Mond, four hundred thirty yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. He this game was a lot of fun for a lot of blowouts that there were today. I thought this one was one of the better games to watch. Oh, absolutely, and that's kind of what I was saying before about Jimbo Fisher being worth every penny because this was a kid last year, Kellen Mond, that was mostly a guy who did it with his legs. He wasn't a great passer. And look, I'm not a coach, and I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like I can diagram this or diagram that, but you could just see how much more comfortable he was in the pocket about how 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 he handled himself against that kind of historically great Clemson defensive line. I know it's early. I, I know it's easy to overreact, but I think this is a great sign for A&M and what they could potentially do under Jimbo Fisher. All right, and uh, I think Florida just lost to Kentucky. Yep. So so Kentucky now going to go to 2-0 and uh, and 1-0 in the SEC. How about that? Florida going down. What a world. Oh, my goodness. Now, after I just complained that the games were boring and, and there was nothing, no drama, uh, Kentucky goes ahead and beats Florida, and there's some late games that uh, may have a little bit of drama also, Aaron. Yeah, no, I mean, the Kentucky one is big. 31 years, I think it was 1986 or 87. I, I don't remember. Wow. 86 was the last time, confirmed by our, our crack research team in the back there. 86 was the last time. So, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to make you feel old, Arnie, but I was <laughs> – a, a wee infant uh, last time Kentucky won, but this is you know that's what's great about college football. You know, I think this is just in the broader context. What's great about college football on, on any Saturday, anything can happen. Whether it's Sanford, Florida State, whether it's the A and M finish, or whether we're seeing a thirty-one game winning streak come to an end. This is what's great about college football, right? All right. Well, and of course, well, I love the upsets. I just want a little bit more drama. Uh, and there was no drama in the Oklahoma UCLA game, though. When it was seven nothing UCLA, I felt like tweeting or texting uh, my partner on Sunday, Chris Plank. But I was afraid to get mad because he's at the game, you know, getting busy. And next thing you know, that his phone's buzzing, and I'm giving him crap. But this seven nothing lead didn't last long, Aaron. It didn't. But I actually, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was. Considering how bad so many people thought it could get after week one, I didn't think it was the worst result for for UCLA. As a matter of fact, I would argue that Oklahoma, I don't, I don't want to say they should be worried, but one of their, their star running backs went down with an injury and he right, didn't play right. most of the game. If you're just looking at it from the UCLA perspective, I think you got to say this is a team that was 6-7 and seven last year. They had one of the worst defenses in college football last year. And yeah, you give up 49 points to Oklahoma, but there's a lot of people that are going to give up 49 points to Oklahoma. I thought overall on the road against the top five team, true freshman making his first career start, I actually thought it went better than I expected, if you can believe that. I, I would ask you what happened to my Pac-12, but uh, I, we only have a two-hour show, and yeah. that would take a long time for you to answer. Oh, my goodness. It's downright embarrassing what's going on with my Pac-12. You know that, don't you? Well, I was going to say uh, one of the teams in that league, kind of speaking to your point, Oregon, they were another big winner, 52-14, to or 62-14, to excuse me, against Portland State. That was another one that got out of hand early. Oregon 
and Stanford all of a sudden. I, I Look, I think the top of that league is okay, but I do think, to your point, the middle of that league with Arizona has been disappointing, with Washington didn't get that win last week, and, of course, UCLA. I get it. I get why a Pac-12 fan would be frustrated right now. Well, matter of fact, let's check in, see how Chip Kelly did. Uh, we'll talk about my Arizona team with Kev- Kevin Sumlin. Uh, what about Scott Frost in Nebraska? How was their uh, opening game? So we'll get to all that coming off a, a little college football. We'll also get you ready for week one of the NFL. We're ready to roll. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. This is Fox Sports Radio. All right, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? Well, that means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. You know, Aaron, in Back to the Future, you know how Biff got a hold of the almanac, the sports almanac, and he got to see the, you know, the, uh, the scores, but they were written out inside the book? I do. I remember that. Uh, I have this It's kind of like the same thing, but I got like a little monitor, uh, and it gives me the scores for the next day. Carolina already up seven nothing over the Dallas Cowboys. Just want you to know that. It, that's, wow! Oh, it's gonna, oh yeah, it's going to get ugly. You think that game's so? going to be ugly? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cowboys going down big time tomorrow. You, Matter of fact, while I'm looking over, I, it looks like the Texans are about to beat the Patriots too. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, I I did pick the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I really like the Texans. Though. I just think to you better change that pick right now before the season gets started. You it, have. It's, you have a little bit of a couple hours left. You better change that pick. It's already out on the internet. There's no. No, going you back. better erase it. Get rid of it. I got to talk to the people who run the Fox Sports Radio Twitter Scrub account. Scrub it out because they're yeah. the one that put it out there. I mean, you know, here's my thing with the Patriots, and I've said it all along. They're going to get to the AFC Championship game. They've gone there eight straight years, and once you get to the Final Four, anything can happen. And who are they potentially going to be playing? I know that in theory they could be playing your Steelers. But, I mean, they could also be playing the Chargers. They could be playing the Texans. Somebody that's never been there before, been on that stage. So then they get to the Super Bowl and anything can happen from there. Well, you already think it's going to be an AFC Championship preview uh, with the Texans in, in, in week number one already. I think it's possible. I mean, I actually do. I That's actually my pick because I am a huge Deshaun Watson believer. Uh, what he did early. Small and, sampling size there, Aaron. And it was phenomenal. I mean, I yeah. loved that was that was one of the great uh, fun stories of early last season. Not only what he did, but the idea that, oh, they're going to ease him in. They're going to start Tom Savage. And literally a half into the season, they throw Deshaun Watson in. But he was, uh, look, he threw for 400 yards at Seattle. You saw him in Foxborough. I know you, you, you know. Right. I was going to say one of the games was against the Patriots. And he was awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they lost that game, though. But yeah, I think it was a field goal game, three point game. Well, all I know is that they won, what, I think three games with him in the starting lineup. And then he got hurt. They won one game the rest of the year. So, yeah. Well, I, again, I am looking forward to see what he could do. Just a couple of the games still going on. All Penn State against Pittsburgh. I'm usually surprised, but I think Pittsburgh plays them tough a lot of the times. Anyway, 44 6 right now. Uh, Nittany Lions running away. Stanford only a 17 3 lead over USC. And USC trying to get back in this game by uh, moving the ball. Uh, no, they're still in their own territory. So they're not even close. Forget about that. And Arizona State, Michigan State, no score start of the second. Which is a little uh, interesting because I thought uh, I I loved Arizona State uh, in this game. Absolutely loved them. Now earlier today, Aaron, mm-hmm. Colorado upset Nebraska, thirty three twenty eight. The Nebraska quarterback uh, Martinez went down with a knee injury. The backup quarterback transferred. They had to go with Bunch, who's the walk on sophomore without a scholarship. They couldn't come down and get the last touchdown. 
This was a good game. Scott Frost starts his career at Nebraska 0-1, but this this was a, a great game to watch. Yeah, a quick thing. One, I would say great day for the state of Colorado. Colorado State just beat Arkansas at home, so good day. For- yeah, they did that. They scored, a, what, like uh, 20 straight points or something like that. I, Arnie, we were in, like I said, we were in studio here, and that was one that I kind of worked out of the rotation because I said, okay, that one's over. So I was surprised to see that. But, no, it was, it's an interesting point by you, Arnie. I mean, obviously the focus, Colorado gets the win, but I think the, the interesting thing is exactly what you said with Nebraska is what do they do now? And, look, this is kind of unfortunately the culture of college football is that when guys lose that starting job, they just transfer out. Nebraska loses their backup to, to Oregon State. He transfers. And now Nebraska could be in deep, deep trouble. I know I think a lot of people, myself certainly included, were excited to see what this Scott Frost era would bring at Nebraska. But if they can't, if that kid Martinez is out for any extended period of time, they could be in big trouble. You know, I know you're not allowed to do this, though. Do it. I, yeah, I know it's against the rules, though it really shouldn't. Because when a kid's on the bench and his own team doesn't want to play him, why should he have to go out and sit out a year or you know, be lucky enough if he's going to be a graduate and all that to play another year when the team that he's on right now doesn't want to play him? I'm talking about Jalen Hurts. Could you imagine if Jalen Hurts said, you know what, I'm coming to Nebraska. I'm ready to play this year. Oh, my God. How much fun would that be, huh? That's a great point. Um, I hadn't even thought of it in that context. I mean, but you can't, though. I mean, look, I, I understand. They don't want to play him, though. If he, if they don't want to use him in Alabama, let the kid transfer and become right away. I mean, he's close to graduating anyway. First of all, he played this year. He played right. today. He yeah, played the touchdowns. first year. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, look, I understand. Look, and, and these kids aren't paid, and you don't want to say, like, they're under contract. You know, let me ask you this, Arnie. Exactly. Let me ask you this. We're talking about Tom Brady last night. You said he owes it to his family to retire, but he also owes it to his family or he owes it to his team to stick through at least this year. Doesn't Jalen Hurts owe it to if he's going to start the season, stick it out and 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 finish? I mean, because look, not anything, the, uh, but I'll, t- I'll but, answer that. Not not at the risk of d- destroying his own career. Why would it? This, destroy this his is career? his last year. He wants to take it no. to the next level. For, no, it's his third year. He's got two years of eligibility left in theory. Yeah, but he's going to be sitting on the bench. You think he's going to go ahead and, and take one for the team and and let a year pass by because? You want him to take one for the team? No. He has a career to worry about. You're the one that said that Tom Brady, you know, first of all, you think that he should retire because he owes it to his family. But then I said, well, why shouldn't he retire right now? And he said, well, he owes it to his team to at least finish the year. Right, because he's the starting quarterback. But once Jalen Hurts, once that season starts, once he goes through fall camp, doesn't he owe it to his team to stick with him? Well, if if he was going to play, but not just today. No, come on! I Seven mean, he just, it's mop up roll there. If if the game's on the line, he's not getting, he's not sniffing the field anywhere. Why would we want to punish a kid like that though, who's been nothing but well, really exemplary and is close to graduating? Why would you want to do that? Well, who who's punishing who? I mean, he had the chance to transfer in the in the off season. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, he but but that wait a minute, wasn't that Nick Saban not saying he's still not saying who the starter is? Well, that is true. <laughs> I would. say say first of all there are some complicating factors as far as once the semester starts like you can't just transfer and be eligible I mean this isn't the NFL or the NBA when somebody gets released you just go I mean there are academic requirements and so right, you, right. I, I don't know uh, you know I'm sure Nebraska would figure out a way to get them enrolled or any school frankly but 
Um, but no, I mean, to me, I just think you know, that- you, you said that it's so interesting. You just said that that's the way it is in football. It's not like that in other sports. You know that, don't you? Well, um, basketball, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. No, like in hockey, like when my kid plays hockey, um, th- there was one team that was like three goalies went down over a weekend. Um, they signed a kid who was playing in the United States Hockey League, got him into school the next day, and he was on the team ready to play. I mean, really? boom, boom, boom. We're, you know, right in the middle of a semester. So there's a lot you could do in hockey. I guess you just can't do that in football. That's interesting. I did not know that. But no, I mean, look, I mean, Jalen Hurts, first of all, like I said, he had, um, you know, the chance to leave in the offseason. I think to your point, Arnie, look, Saban wasn't, I don't want to say he wasn't straight with him, but look, we saw how that game ended last year. We saw Tua was the better quarterback. We saw in spring ball, the, the reports out of Tuscaloosa was that Tua was better. To me, once you go through fall camp, once you commit to the team, you stick it out. I, I mean... I feel bad for Jalen Hurts in the bigger picture, but in the smaller picture, I can't say that I, I, I feel awful for him only because, one, he had the chance to leave and he didn't, and two, whatever happens this year, whether he wins the job back or not, he's going to have a great opportunity next year. Now, you're a coaching guy. You're a coach's guy. Love coaching. Um, uh, I think Scott Frost, and even though he didn't win today, uh, is going to be phenomenal for Nebraska. I think he's exactly what they needed. He will have that team turned around. He, they may even have a good year this year, but overall they will be back to being a power in no time uh, with Scott Frost. I am 100% with you. I think uh, it was Tim Brando from Fox said that he thinks that it is the best hire that any program has made since Nick Saban got to Alabama. Wow. Yeah. Now, I, look, I mean, I mean, there's some guy named Urban Meyer that's done pretty well at Ohio State. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying yeah. to think of who else, uh, Jimbo, well, I guess, you know, it, it remains to be seen Jimbo Fisher at A&M, but no, I mean, the point being is that, yeah, this is one, it just makes sense. I mean, he's a guy that if you read what he said too, he gets not only the, the job, but the, he gets the school, he gets what made them great when he was there. I mean, he's talked a lot about reinstituting things that made them successful. I mean, they had a great strength and conditioning program when he was there. They had a great walk-on program that produced players that were contributors. And I think he just gets that job in a way that maybe some other people haven't. All right, take a look at more of the games from the top 25. Uh, Of course, a lot still going on. I want to talk a little bit about Alabama, what's happening there, a little bit about the SEC also. So we'll have all that coming up. First of all, let's check in with DeSager, see what's trending. What's going on out there, DeSager? Well, Kentucky actually got a win over Florida, for starters. Uh, You had Florida, let's just say this was a winnable game, an understatement. Late third quarter at home, they missed a 36-yard field goal. Next drive, (laughs) threw an interception. Final play of the night, fumble return for a touchdown, so it was a 27-16 Kentucky win at 25th-ranked Florida. Kentucky, Florida, Florida State, and Miami, oh my goodness, they must be going ballistic out there. Although Miami did win 77-0 tonight. Well, but, that, but, yeah, but last week, what about the week before That's that, right? right? Yeah. They, when they played a real team, it was horrendous yeah. last week. Yeah. Miami beat Savannah State tonight. This Florida Gators franchise, let's call it, had won 31 straight years over Kentucky, but not tonight. And Florida State at home is losing late third quarter to to Samford, 23-21. For what it's worth, Samford top 10 FCS, but that's FCS, people. So what? Exactly. 
on so Fox TV right now. Mid-fourth quarter, Stanford continues to dominate USC 17-3 for the home team. Boise State, late second quarter, up 31-0 over Connecticut. Penn State has dominated the second half. They've just scored again. So at Pitt, it is Penn State 51-6 over Pittsburgh. About four minutes left in that game. And Michigan State has kicked a field goal, so it's a 3-0 lead at Arizona State early in the second quarter. Wins today for number three, Georgia, and number eight, Notre Dame. Tonight, number two, Clemson, got a 28-26 victory at Texas A&M. A&M missing a late two-point try. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Serena Williams lost the U.S. Open final, swept by Naomi Osaka. In Major League Baseball, three ball games still going on. Yankees in the top of the ninth lead 3-2 at Seattle. Diamondbacks bottom of the ninth are tied 3-3 with Atlanta. Already Colorado has beaten the Dodgers 4-2. Cubs have a doubleheader at D.C. after yesterday's rain. Cubs lost the first one to Max Scherzer, who pitched a complete game, 10-3 Nationals. Cubs are winning the nightcap, 5-3. Still playing at this late hour in D.C. in the top of the seventh. The NASCAR's Xfinity race was postponed to Monday by rain at Indy. The 400 at the Brickyard is tomorrow, weather permitting. Back to you. All right, thanks a lot to Sager. Uh, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Uh, just go to geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. And the only hard part, well, that's figuring out which way is easier. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. Your uh, UConn uh, Huskies not looking real good, just like yeah. my Wildcats, Aaron. So they're down 31 nothing. Uh, I just texted my mom in our first commercial break. Uh, uh, my mom, my stepdad, season ticket holders for the Huskies. I, t- <laughs> I texted her. I said, I hope you didn't stay up for this. Her exact quote was, we're at Buffalo Wild Wings. Best news of the night is that they close in 20 minutes. <laughs> so there you go. UConn football, baby. Can you, you know, feel the excitement? The- Sorry. The, well, no, I'm sorry, but there, there was a time that Arizona was number three in the, con- uh, number three in the country, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, in football. So... Well, uh, yeah, back in the old days, back, you know, well, of like the 1800s. I, <laughs> I was going to say, shortly after I left, when I was at UConn, they were in the what was at the time, the Big East had a football conference, they don't anymore, and UConn was like a, a fringe top 25 team while I was there. It was funny because I forget where it was, but I, I, I went somewhere and there was like an old game on and UConn was ranked like number 21 and I was like, in in college football, they they were ranked that high, but they were, yep. and uh, that was a long time ago. Though, uh, where's our producer Eminem? What is he sleeping? What what the, what the hell's that guy? The guy's never around when you need him. You you never call for me. So. I always call for you. I want you to know something. I got some good news for you. I never oh, give okay. you good news. I th- is that the Browns up fourteen nothing over no, the Steelers? Don't Somebody do with- this. No. What do you mean? Don't, don't do that. What do you mean? Don't, don't do, do that. You you put you put your own team in the college football playoff, and they're zero and two. So I rest my, I rest my case. That you mean the Browns are not up 14 nothing over the Steelers? Is the it? Browns are tied 0-0 because the oh. game hasn't started yet. Okay, it so, looks like they'll get out to a 14 nothing lead though. So, have you seen the weather forecast by I the know, way for this lousy. game? Oh my it's god, lousy, it's terrible. Yeah. So I mentioned this last yeah. night Arnie is yeah. has any team first of all they're coming off an 0 16 season. Yeah. Starting linebacker uh potentially going to jail for insider trading. Yeah. 
Well, one, that's just inside a trade. No big deal. No big. I mean, that yeah. that's white collar stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, not even a real prison. But anyway, no, you, I think you go to a prison where they keep the doors unlocked, and you can just <laughs> okay. come and go as you leave. No, they okay. have like ping pong, softball, tennis. Okay, so cable they, TV. So they, they'd be. Hey, we're we're like number one among people in prison too. They listen to our show. You've told me that before. Yeah. I think you have a couple pen pals or something yeah, like that they, I don't on know. Twitter. No, they have they have uh, internet. Oh, they do. Okay, yeah, so. Okay. So the Browns, like, I feel like for a team that has one wide receiver who, not to make light of it, but, you know, has been battling substance abuse, missed all the training camp, another wide receiver busted for for weed in his car, uh, a linebacker with insider trading. Oh, by the way, they went 0-16 last year. Oh, by the way, it's clear that there's an impending quarterback controversy. I feel like there's way too much buzz for the Browns considering all of those things that I just mentioned. But they were on hard knocks. That's What's why. That's why hard knocks could make any <laughs> hard knocks could make uh, you know this radio show look interesting. Now we are pretty interesting, but I mean they could make any team look damn interesting because I'm telling you, like like the 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 buzz about the Browns when you think about the fact that, like I said, starting linebacker arrested, wide receiver arrested, didn't even tell the coach, which we found out on hard knocks. I feel like there's way too much buzz for a pro, an organization that that's this dysfunctional. I'm just worried about my Dolphins. Pick them game. Too. If you if you don't win the first game at home, season over, done. That's it. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's a pick them. I'm picking the other team. That's yeah. I'm sure you might as well. You you'll win some money real quick. What was the tweet that you put out about the SEC earlier today? I know that it probably has changed since then. But what was the tweet that you put out? Well, there was a lot of buzz this year that the SEC would be that clearly behind the Big Ten, and, and they're no longer the elite uh, conference that they once were. I think that was probably me screaming that from the rooftops. Yeah, well, you also had Arizona in the college football yes, playoffs. Yes, so, exactly. So I after, should be fired for that, but go ahead. You're telling me, man. I, I don't know. What do I, who do I have to talk to? You just let me know. If, if picking the Dolphins and Giants in the Super Bowl last year didn't get me fired, I don't know what will, but go ahead. I'm sorry. So I was going to say, so after so Mississippi State and Vandy played the early games, at the time, they both won SEC fifteen and one overall as a league, and five and one against Power Five schools. The only loss was Tennessee to West Virginia, but in those wins was Mississippi State at Kansas State, right? Uh, LSU over Miami, right? Top twenty-five wins. How many of them were what? Two or three of them, or what? A couple, yeah. Now, yeah. now the numbers are already skewed because there's already conference games. Obviously. Georgia and South right. Carolina played Kentucky. Very disappointed Florida. with South Carolina, by the way. Now that you mentioned that, uh, I thought Georgia looked great, but still, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, I, I, that's such a big rivalry. I, I'm expecting South Carolina. They're like the the doormat for Georgia. I was gonna say, are are you more disappointed with South Carolina or more impressed with Georgia? Because I came away really impressed with how good Georgia. I thought this was going to be the turning point for South Carolina. I thought maybe, okay, uh, this could be, uh, you know, a, a stepping stone for them to really show how, you know, this is going to be their year. And again, yeah, Georgia looked fantastic. I'm not going to take that away from them. I just expect a little bit more out of, out of uh, uh, South Carolina. So after that game, I kind of put it out there and I actually believe this. It wasn't like a hot take thing or anything like that. I think, Look, we have a minimal sample size. We get it. Uh, some teams haven't even played two games yet. But I think Georgia looks like the best team in the country to me. Am I overreacting? Because I know Alabama dominated Louisville, but look, Louisville's struggling against Indiana State right now. Uh, Clemson barely survived on the road. I know. What about Ohio State? Uh, yesterday you were telling me how awful Ohio State was because well, they gave I'm up 30 asking, points to Oregon I'm asking State. you, though. Well, they did give up 31 points to, uh, what, Oregon, Oregon State? State? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. 
my my Georgia Bulldogs didn't give up 31 points today. What about Oklahoma? They look damn good. They do, but their their running backs hurt. No, I think Oklahoma. I think actually those three teams and I mean those three Clemson, Alabama. Look, you could take those five in any order, but I'm just saying for Georgia to go and it was a true road game too. I mean, look, you know everyone's impressed by Alabama beating the crap out of Louisville last week and and all that, but that was a true road game and they just dominated. It was over by about the middle of the third quarter. You see, here's why you're the problem with college football. I because am not. You just gave me what five teams and Auburn beat Washington and perhaps the, one of the bigger games of the first weekend. You give them no credit whatsoever. Well, because you Notre s- Dame beats Michigan, no credit whatsoever. Well, even though they didn't look so great against Ball State. Today. Well, Notre Dame didn't look great against Ball State, and I'm not allowed to give Auburn credit for a win today because they played Alabama State. And Arnie hates. It's all about Arnie. Arnie hates <laughs> when these big time programs schedule these 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 small time FCS schools. Except, by the way, when they're in competitive games like Louisville is uh, tied with Indiana State right now and Florida State struggling with Sanford. But Arnie hates it, so I'm not allowed to give Auburn any credit. Well, but you, but you got to give you do have to give Auburn credit when you know when they beat a Washington. You've got to give them. You know, if if you get like a point for a win, you get a point and a half when you when you beat a team like that, and especially semi neutral. Uh, even though it was mostly Auburn fans out in Atlanta. But uh, you got to give them a little bit more than when you just play one of the cupcakes. We'll get more into that. Let's bring in DeSager. I want to talk, I'm going to just mention Serena Williams and then DeSager will get us caught up in all the games going on in progress. That's coming up next. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. This is Fox Sports Radio. All right, great news, everybody. There's a quick way to save money. Just switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more. On car insurance. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. Great Saturday night. Let's check in with the Sager. What's happening out there, the Sager? Well, sometimes things in a sport just transcend the sport. And that's what happened in New York today. As the greatest women's tennis player ever, Serena Williams, just flat lost it. And I don't mean the final. She did lose that to an unknown, Naomi Osaka, who had never even made a quarterfinal of a Grand Slam event until mm. this tournament. And she dominated Serena Williams. She also could hit the 115 mile an hour serve with the power on the ground strokes to match. 6-2-6-4 was the final. I mentioned on an earlier show, it was kind of like that first Giants-Patriots Super Bowl when you see all the pressure they're getting on Brady and say, my goodness, I haven't seen this. This upset might actually happen. This actually happened. What's all going Get to be talked about, Get to the controversy. About, though, Come on, because I three, think she deserved the penalty. Absolutely. Three code violations against Serena Williams, Dr. Yeah. Point, then Dr. Game at one point. The first violation, you're not allowed to coach during the game from the right. stands to your player. That's and like, the coach admitted that he coached from absolutely. the stands. Absolutely, and it yes. was obvious on replay. Coaching yes. from the stands to her, her immediately response to the ref is not only, I wasn't getting coached, but he just gave me a thumbs up. He was right. just saying, and the replay shows it wasn't a thumbs up. He was motioning with both hands, do this on the court, change your strategy, come to the net. Completely illegal. Then, after she loses another game, throws the racket in anger at the uh, court and destroys it, bends the medal. That's obviously a code violation, but it's her second of the match, so that costs her a point. So she didn't realize that was her second violation, so she goes to start the next game and looks at the scoreboard. She's already down 15 love, that point that she was ducked, and she lets loose on the uh, referee again. Starts insulting him and continued it at a changeover later in the set, 
And uh, she got another code violation for that, which meant the next step is you lose a game. So and then she made of, it sexist out of it because uh, she yeah. said, because I'm a woman, right? And, and for all the people who say, oh, well, John McEnroe never, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that it was her second and third total exactly. violation of the match. If exactly. She, if she had not had the coaching thing earlier and just threw the racket down and destroyed that, she gets the one warning. There's no point taken that, away or anything. That's like me saying, remember when Big Poppy dropped the F-bomb on television? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what happens when I drop it on that's the radio right. if I get the same thing, First right? off, she's lying about the yeah. coaching. Then yeah. she says, well, you don't do that to the men. And, you know, I, what you did, all three violations were by the book completely wrong. And you, Serena Williams, are too things in one person one you're the greatest women's tennis player ever an incredible athlete Aaron you're the tennis and guy. also a diva it's like having the well, the mix of Mariah Carey attitude in there and this has happened I, I, I to like her that. multiple times well, at that, the U.S. Open that's what I was talking to Eminem about in the break people forget 10 years ago about uh, give or take mm-hmm. she got thrown out of the U.S. Open because she told a, a ref that she was going to shove a ball in uh, certain places that, <laughs> that she ball, would find that, a record amount for that as well yeah because uh, she got called for a footfall you can't have your foot over the line while you're serving that's completely I, illegal don't make me fire you guys that's enough tennis let's move it on this here. is we my point though is it there. transcends yeah. the sport like yeah. the rules don't apply to her these are not rules they're making up on the fly Serena Williams there was, wow. a, there was a time a couple years after what Aaron just mentioned where she hit a good shot and said, come on, but the opponent hadn't hit the shot back yet, so she's screaming and interrupting the opponent and got called for that, and then she yells at the official on that day and made it personal on that day. Well, you're just unattractive inside. You're a bad person, and (laughs) today she was saying to the referee, you gotta tell all the people and apologize and say that I didn't cheat. I'm not a cheater. I have a daughter, and she's going on and on. Fact all three violations were proper calls. Exactly. Stop destroying the racket. Stop taking coaching during and stop insulting referees left and right in your U.S. Open history. Tell and on top of that, it. she was clobbered on the court by this opponent. 6-2, 6-4, so, and deserved to lose. Really quick, where did this opponent... I know she's obviously... She's from Japan. She's training in America. But yeah, she came out of nowhere, right? I've never heard of her. I, uh, it's That's making me correct. sound like a bad sports talk radio host. I never heard of her before No, but today. she uh, born in Japan, but moved to New York at age three with the family. So she grew up in New York, used to sit in the cheap seats watching Serena Williams, and here she gets to play Serena Williams cool. in the U.S. Open final. And we get to what should be her moment, an incredible match she played, and we get to the two players on the stand on the court for the trophy ceremony afterwards and people are booing and she's in tears it's just serena's reaction got the crowd going took away what should have been a great moment for a player who played so well today all right, give me give me a little football, would you please, before I fire you again. Go ahead. Well, how is Florida State doing? They're still They're trailing. losing. It's yeah. 12 minutes left, 23-21, Samford leading at Florida State, people. Also, San Diego State has just scored to take the late lead on Sacramento State. What? Four minutes left, Aztecs but, get a touchdown and two-point conversion, 21-14. Never forget, Arnie wants these games eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> Except Boise, when they're close. Boise State, the halftime lead on UConn, 41 nothing. 
nothing, and Cal late first half leads seven three at BYU. All right, Desager, uh, way to waste eight minutes on on the tennis and, and thirty seconds on the football. No, oh, my point that. is it wasn't a tennis story. It was just it was incredible to watch. Thank you. This this is why I live in Vermont, awesome. and and you guys live the, out there. All right, hour one in the books. Everybody, take a deep breath. We'll come back. Got ready for. We'll get you ready for week one of the NFL for crying out loud. Our picks. Uh, tell me what you like for week one of the NFL. All that coming up here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, everybody. Good evening. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spaniards. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? What do you got to do? Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. It is the Sunday. Well, right here, right? Are we are we Sunday yet, Aaron Torres? Yes. East Coast 1201, we're on football day. Yes, my friend, I'm ready to roll. We are, by the way, quick update on on a game that's going on. Florida State just missed a field goal. They are losing to yeah. Sanford. Not Sanford and Son, not both of them, just, just the school. Just the school. I can't believe this. I, I mean, I know we're going to get to NFL now, but if you had told me today, I would have assumed Florida State bounced back. Uh, it doesn't look like it. All right, uh I want you to get through on Twitter, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinkin' Genius 1, S-T-I-N-K-I-N, Genius, G-E-N-I-U-S-N, the number one. One prediction, it could be on a team, on a person, one prediction for week one of the NFL. Uh, a game, an upset, uh, a blowout, who's going to have a big game. You just tell me one prediction. Go ahead and tweet that through right now. Uh, at Aaron underscore Torres or at Stinking Genius One, and uh, we'll go ahead and uh, read some of those later on on the air. So you have one right off the bat, Aaron, or what? One prediction that you is that what you said? Yeah, one big prediction uh, for Week One of the NFL. I do. Do you want me to share it right now? This second? Yeah, give me give me one, man. Give me one big one. Okay, my big one is Arnie Spaniers Browns go down hard to the Steelers. I just think that, look, I said it earlier in the show, the Browns, they are getting the hard knocks bump right now. Whenever a team is coming off an 0-16 season, have an incompetent coach, have a wide receiver arrested for marijuana possession, have a linebacker off the team for insider trading, that's not a team that I'm getting behind. Yet for some reason, people seem to love the Browns. I think the Steelers absolutely smoke them. I think it's much more the same old Browns tomorrow. All right, um, and I'm going to give you my big prediction. Uh, like I said, send the shores one big prediction on week one of the NFL. Uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap up college football. Anything in the top 25 we want to get to. And real quick, real quick, because I, at first I thought this was a joke, um, but not based on whose Twitter account this is. I want to bring in Eminem, our producer, you sent me this story. This is not a joke, is it? This is not a joke. This was actually retweeted yeah. by Dan Wolken, a who is uh, the uh, big college, right? The big college football guy. Yeah, the big college. I'm football. looking at this, and I know everybody's going to think that this is a joke that we're making, you know, uh, making this up. But this is not being made up whatsoever, right? No, no, this is not. This is uh, Darius Lemons. He's a running back for Florida. So as you guys recall, we talked about this last hour. For the first time in 31 years, the Florida Gators have lost to the Kentucky Wildcats in football. So 
At 11.44 Eastern time, this was uh, a note that was posted on Adarius Lemon's Twitter account. It says, quote, I would like to announce that I am transferring from the University of Florida. I'm going to miss some of the boys I've been playing with for the past two years I've been here. I feel I've learned a lot from the previous coaches that were here. I want to find a school I can help to my to my best ability and actually use my talent that God has blessed me with. Thank you. Farewell. Talk about really bad timing, right? Well, wait a second now. Arnie, wow. Arnie Spanier in the last wow. hour was an advocate of guys should be able to leave whenever they want. They should do what's best for them. So, um, Arnie, I assume you support this 100%, right? Um, no. Well, first of all, I said they should maybe transfer and be able to play right away if they weren't playing. But two, again, you, you know, you said, and I'm going to stay consistent. You said, I, I said that Tom Brady should at least stay for this one year because he owes it to his team. Can you imagine transferring right after one of the worst losses in Florida? I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's Florida. That's history. what makes this story so ridiculous is the fact that, like, hey, this is literally minutes. After Florida, maybe, I mean, I guess you could call it one of their more embarrassing losses in the history of their program because they hadn't lost to Kentucky and they lost in the swamp in their home, in their home park. So it's like, talk about making an emotional decision. Right. Really? Geez. Well, no, Arnie, I thought it was okay. I thought they have to do what's best for them. And if they're not playing, they should be able to leave whenever they want and play whenever they want. And that's That's what you just said. No, and he should be able to leave and if he wants to transfer. But I mean, that's an emotional decision right after the worst loss in like Florida history and he's like I'm going to make my decision right now boom I'm out of here wow I don't know, I don't know. why why is it emotional maybe he just well, cuz they just lost they just lost to Kentucky that's but maybe it maybe he didn't play and he feels like he can help out other teams in other places I I don't know to me it seems kind of contradictory to what you're saying last hour no 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 not at all not why at not? all look Jake because Jalen Hurts is not wanted by Alabama, and I don't care what you say when you said, well, he played a little bit here. And he of course bit, he's wanted by Alabama. No, he's look not. At, he's wanted just to sit on the bench in case anything happens well, to Tua and there's an injury. That That's not fair to the kid. I mean, come on now. The guy's 26-2 and two as a starter, and you're going to put him on the bench? I'm sure there's a lot of teams that could use him. So because he's good and this guy from Florida you know, sucks, it's okay I'll, for Jalen no, Hurts? No, but I'll even, I'll even take it a step further. How about this? You know, we always protect the quarterbacks. We always pay them more money. Uh, when you're uh, a quarterback and only one can play, why shouldn't there be special transfer rules for quarterbacks different than running backs or offensive linemen or defensive linemen when more than one can play? You know, it's like being a goalie in hockey. It, it's horrible. When one goalie gets to play, the other one, you don't get to split the time. You understand that? Except Jalen Hurts did split the time today, though. Well, no, that he just they're just gifting him time. That's not splitting the time. They're, if the game's on the line, you know it. Nine, wait, you you actually think Jalen Hurts is going to get into the game with the game on the line? Is that what you're telling me? Well, I think it's going to be about two months before a game is on the line with Alabama anytime soon. Yeah. But no, I mean, I don't know. To me, I, I get your point that quarterbacks can play, but why do quarterbacks, like you said, they already get enough special treatment? Why do yeah. they deserve more special? Treatment? Because they don't, you know, because only one get to play. That that's the problem, and. Uh, you know, you're going to keep a kid on the bench, and if he wants to play for another team that happens to need a quarterback, uh, he's going to have to sit out a year. Um, real quick, because we asked for predictions for week one of the NFL, Aaron underscore Torres, at Stinking Genius 1. Uh, WV says, I believe that Kirk Cousins will put to rest all the doubters this year. This is his year. You buying that? You think Cousins is going to have a big year or what, uh, Aaron? 
Uh, I think he's going to be helped because he just has a better team around him. But I, I mean, I don't know that I don't know that he's going to be significantly better than the guys that they had last year. Case Keenum, all those guys. I mean, to me, I don't think Kirk Cousins is a difference. Like I said, I think it's just that that they have a really good defense. They got good skill position guys. It feels like a little bit of a stretch to me. All right, and Stone Cold sends something, and he says. Uh, it's a lock. Vikings minus six. I, I I'm uh, you know I'm on the Jimmy Garoppolo bandwagon. I'm not so sure I'm liking that one. I, I, I I'm not jumping on that Viking bandwagon right here in game number one. Who who sent that in? Uh, that was uh, St- uh Bill from Stone Cold Lock. He says Vikings minus six. That's from Bill. I will say that Bill is maybe the smartest man on the internet. Uh, when they inevitably fire my uh, partner here because he, uh, you know, all his picks are terrible, I would like Bill to co-host with me. I am a hundred percent with Bill. I, look, I, I said it yesterday. I think the Jimmy G stuff is a little bit overrated. Yes, he went five and zero, but you look at those wins. The Rams were resting all their starters when he played them. He beat the Bears, who were lousy. He beat the Texans, who were lousy. I, I the Forty ers will be improved. But I think the hype is a little bit too much at this point. All right. Uh, Stinking genius Aaron Torres. I think that the kiss of death will have a big week in the NFL because he's a moneymaker now. Come on, Arnie. Let's go. Uh, let's get it all of America's values out of the pawn and back in their home. So uh, we'll see if I, I'll have my picks. We'll have our picks coming up at 45 past the hour. So uh, we'll see how that works out. And also, uh, another prediction, my big prediction for week one, Andrew Luck leaves the game, injured or not, not to return for the rest of 2018, take it to the bank. I Look, I don't predict injuries or anything like that. I just don't think it's going to be a good year for Andrew Luck or the Colts. Yeah, I haven't seen enough in the preseason. And, you know, the whole thing is, and we, you and I have talked about this all preseason, is whenever you go this long without playing, whenever you have to go to the Netherlands for mysterious, I, I don't know, Arnie, call me crazy. I feel like we have pretty good doctors here in the United States. Like, if you got to go to the Netherlands to get treatment or Europe to get, like, something is going on. I don't know that he is going to have that effect. I know the O-line is improved with Quentin Nelson, the guys they drafted, but I still, I, I think they are a long way from being the team they were three or four years ago. Who would have a better chance of leading the Colts to a better record this year? Andrew Luck or Colin Kaepernick? Ah, uh, it's a great question. Both have been out. You said now Kaepernick has been out, what, two years? How long is, uh, has um, Luck been gone? What, a year and yeah. uh, pretty much two years also? So which would, I think, I'm starting to think Colin Kaepernick would be a better fit right now. Well, we, uh, we'll see with Andrew Luck. I mean, I'm not sold on Kaepernick. Look, he's 31 years old. He completed 59% of his, his passes the last time that we saw him. Whatever you think about Andrew Luck, I mean, I don't know. To me, I would still ride with Andrew Luck at least for now. But it's, it's a good question. I don't know. You got me thinking here. I, you know, you put me on the spot. I, I wasn't ready for it. So what, so I wasn't ready for the question. <laughs> what a good radio host does. Uh, Chase says the Green Bay Packers will have a thousand yard uh, wide receiver in Adams and a thousand yard running back in Williams. Uh, I have uh, actually, uh, I'll spill the beans because I know we're going to do Super Bowl picks at uh, at the last segment, but. I have, uh, I have Green Bay and Pittsburgh uh, in the Super Bowl, and I'll, I'll give you my winner then. But I got the, I have those two teams in there, Aaron. So what is it that you like so much about Green Bay that you're 100% sold on them? Um, I don't know. They have this quarterback named Aaron Rodgers. I heard of him, yeah. I, no, no, I don't know if you really heard of him. It's an Aaron thing. Yeah. It's such a different team when he's in there. 
uh, compared to when he's gone. Um, I think they finally have some weapons for him offensively at the wide receiver. I'm worried about the uh, the uh, running game. Defensively, though, they're as strong as ever, and I don't think that defense. Excuse me, I don't think that division is as tough as people making it out to be really? with Chicago and Detroit. I know people are like, oh, Chicago, Chicago. Um, no, I, I think it's. Uh, I think they can win that division, uh, and and I think they can overtake uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I think the I think they can certainly win the division, but I I do think it's tougher. I mean, I've never obviously I've never been sold on Detroit like so many people, but um, you know Minnesota that defense is still going to be phenomenal as we just discussed. Whether Cousins is the guy that puts them over the top remains to be seen. You don't think the Bears will be like way in because to me. I understand that Trubisky is still a work in progress and, and second year and all that stuff, but you look at the pieces they have on that defense, they have a chance to be really, really good on that side of the ball. All right, uh, you can get a hold of him at Aaron underscore Torres. I'm um, at Stinking Genius one Samford has added a field goal. They're up 26-21 over Florida State. Florida State with the ball in their own territory. So once again, we'll keep our eye on that. 744 left in the game. But coming up next, Vegas runner live from where else? Las Vegas. Uh, Any bad beats in college? And let's start breaking down week one of the NFL. Who does Vegas runner like against the spread? That's all coming up next. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. This is Fox Sports Radio. I was listening to this on my 8-track on the way in. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? Oh, it means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Florida State, second and one on the Samford, I believe, 10-yard line. 5.50 left in the game. They trail Samford 26-21 in that one. Uh, injury on the play. We'll keep you updated. There's going to be a little bit of a delay. Uh, let's go out to the Geico Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline. Joining us now, you can check him out at TheBigMoves.com. That's TheBigMoves.com. He's our pro sports better and handicapper. You can tweet him at Greek underscore gambler. That's Greek underscore gambler. It's Vegas Runner. How you doing, Vegas Runner? Never better, Arnie. You know, it's that week. NFL kicking off tomorrow. I mean, it did Thursday, but it officially does tomorrow. With that said, uh, books did well. With UFC 228, as once again, uh, disrespected, Tyron Woodley goes off as an underdog, the champ. The, all the public money was on Darren Till. He didn't get the job done. That was a good result for the book, but it wasn't going to help their Saturday, as in college football, you saw Alabama roll, Ohio State rolled. If... Uh, UCLA didn't get that backdoor cover with Oklahoma. Right. They would have been still cashing three-team parlays. But Georgia oh. got the money. It was one of those days where some of those big favorites got there. I mean, the Notre Dames didn't, but they weren't attracting money anyway. The teams no. that did, you know, even like Baylor, which moved three, four points from a 13-point favorite, went off 17 almost against Texas San Antonio. So if you bet at the close, you push. But up until then, you cash the ticket. So it wasn't a great result for the books in week two of college football. All right, well, let's get right into the NFL week one. Which is the game that's getting the most action on right now? 
the game that's going to end up getting, as of right now, that's, it's going to change because it's always going to come down to the Monday night affair, Sunday night football, then Monday night football. And I sound like a broken record. I've said it on your show a thousand times, but nine out of ten bookmakers' weeks are going to come down to the result of Sunday night football and Monday night football because they attract the most betting action, and a lot of times it's lopsided betting action. It's a, it's a prime-time marquee game. And uh, what happens, betters that are behind look to catch up. Betters that are ahead look to double up. So far, though, on Sunday, games that are getting a lot of money, the Texans and the Patriots, number one, not surprising, it's the New England Patriots. And it's not as one-sided as you usually expect with the Patriots, which is surprising because I'm going to tell you this, Arnie, you could, all you had to do since the Brady-Belichick era, what, 15 years, if, if you just woke up and did nothing else but bet the New England Patriots, you cash 63% against oh. the Vegas number. Oh. You know how hard that is to do? There's not a wise guy <laughs> walking the planet that could claim he's 63% over 15 years. And yet we come in and say, you know, New England's overvalued, overvalued. You have to pay a premium. The public always bets some. And they've outperformed the betting market. And here we are again. They open up as seven-point favorites, and they're down to six-point favorites as the short money comes against the New England Patriots once again. Not surprising. It'll be interesting to see if the public comes in on New England at home. Hard to see me fade the public fading them. Uh, but, again, that line dropping, and that, that's the game that's attracting the most money as we speak. One line that I just don't get, Vegas runner, is Steelers-Browns. I'm looking here. It looks like it's about minus four in most places. Look, I get that the Steelers aren't going to have Le'Veon Bell, but I, with the Browns, I've mentioned it to Arnie a number of times. They had a linebacker pulled away for uh, insider trading. Antonio Callaway's had trouble. Josh Gordon's had trouble. Uh, a brewing quarterback controversy. Why is this game so tight? The, the books are going to hope you're correct. It's short money that's on the Cleveland Browns. In fact, that the wise guys have unloaded on this game. They fired on the total multiple times, the under most especially. I mean, that total, it opened 46-47, and it got driven down to 42. Um, and they... When they stopped doing that, they put more money on the first half under. So they expect a real low-scoring game. And with that, they took the points on Cleveland. you got to remember, the public hasn't really bet yet. I mean, they're, they're waiting till Sunday. Most of the money comes in, you know, sure, with Saturday action with college football. They're parlaying with Sunday and getting some bets down. But the majority doesn't come in till you know, the day of the game. And what you got to remember is the early action's been sharp money, and these Week one lines are different than any other the rest of the season because these have been up for two, three months now. So they've kind of been bet in the shape, and that's short money that thought Pittsburgh just shouldn't be that big of a road favorite. It's not the betting public that doesn't think so. That's the wise guys that uh, believe Cleveland's live in this game. But I don't know. Until I see it, I won't believe it, right? Right, exactly. By the way, Florida State with a touchdown on third and goal. Uh, they're up by one. Still plenty of time for Samford to get back. Jacksonville and my New York Giants. Uh, right now, Giants are getting three points at home. Man, I usually love taking those home dogs out there. I'm still not sure what I'm going to get out of Jacksonville. I think the public likes the Giants. 
though the wise guys like Jacksonville, I think. What's going on there, our Vegas runner? No, actually, what happened was today, Arnie, and I, you're going to be hard-pressed to find plus three on the Giants by tomorrow morning. Oh, wow. Jacksonville opened the three-and-a-half-point favorite, and uh, a, a group that came in and, and bet the Giants at plus three earlier today, um, and that's why you're seeing that line now. It's plus, it's three and plus 105, so you're getting Jacksonville at plus 105 if you're laying three. Yeah, so to get that three to back the Giants, you have to put up now 125 to win 100, and a lot of books wow. have gone all the way to two and a half. And for the books to come off that key number of three, there's some respect on that uh, bet that came in on the New York Giants. So I think the public may come in on Jacksonville. I know the Giants got a lot of future money, according to books out here in Vegas, um, a season win total over from the public and future money. But I'll, I don't know if they're going to back him against Jacksonville. I see Denver here is about a field goal favorite at home against Seattle. What is the vibe about just Seattle in general this year? It seems like everybody kind of from the analyst perspective thinks that they'll take a step back. But I would think that because of their success, they're a pretty public team. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They've been the public team for a while, but there is that uncertainty this year, and nothing supports that more than their season win total. It opened at eight, and the money came in on the under, and it closed at seven and a half. So according to the Vegas future odds, they're not even supposed to be a 500 team based on at least that's what the market believes. So, yeah, they are expected to take a step back. This line opened Denver minus one and a half, and it's now Denver minus three. So there's a lot of money on the Denver side, and it's sharp money came in early. It kind of looks like they're trying to get out ahead of the market. Bookmakers I spoke to expect to get nothing but Denver money on that game at, with not a lot of confidence on Seattle, even though you're absolutely right. They have been that public team. But even when they were winning all those games and winning and getting the Super Bowls, there was kind of a trend with Seattle, and that was you bet them at home and you fade them on the road. So I think this is one of those spots where it's a combination of both. Seattle's not a team you really look to bet away from home, and you couple that with the uncertainty of the season. All right, Vegas runner, last one. Uh, and we can't not leave without talking about the Dallas Cowboys, though everybody seems like they're all over Carolina. Matter of fact, they think 76% of the money coming in on Carolina minus two and a half, three. What's the latest one going on there? Arnie, they are betting Carolina like they have Monday's newspaper, and on the front of it is Cam Newton holding like a football up in the air and high-fiving as if he had a career day. I'm telling you, hand over fist, they are betting Carolina. The books are going to need Dallas to save their lives and, and <laughs> until it gets to Sunday night, Monday night. And can you blame them? You look at the Dallas, uh, you know, the public remembers what they saw last, and Dallas put up 43 points in the entire preseason. They went 0-4 through it, where right. Carolina, granted, that you know, their uh, season win total did get bet down from 9 to 8 and a half, but they're expected to be a much better team, at least based on what we've seen so far. Not much, right? Not even a regular season game. But there is nonstop public money on Carolina. The books are probably hoping if they're forced to go to three and a half, they'll get some sharp money coming in on Dallas to help them limit some of their exposure. But so far, the sharp money's come in on the under 
in that game um, and not on the side, but you're absolutely right. It's been all Carolina, so that'll be one of those results that really matter for the books. Who are you, who are you sharps on? Uh, who, who are you guys jumping all over tomorrow? The, so far, Cincinnati was the, the, the play that got multiple betting syndicates, took Cincinnati over Indianapolis. The under in the Pittsburgh, I, like I said, they, they yeah. bet that under so much for the game that they had to then go to the first half under. <laughs> and then that Seattle Broncos, the exact same thing, and that's going to happen tomorrow. That totals 42.5 in some places. You're not going to find that tomorrow. They're going to blast that under first half end game. And Sunday night, Chicago Bears, wise guys are going to be all over over the Bears. Most betting syndicates already got down. They took the seven and a hook. That's where the, the, the hot games are. It's early in the season. These guys win long term. I always say on any Sunday, they could go five and one or one and five. The books get respect. They get respect from the books because they win more than they lose long term. Over small sample size, anything can happen, but those are the hot sides for tomorrow. TheBigMoves.com. That's TheBigMoves.com. You can tweet him at Greek underscore Gambler. That's Greek underscore Gambler. Always a pleasure. Have a great day tomorrow. We'll speak to you next week. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy the games. All right. Take care, Vegas runner, everybody. I'm watching the game. Samford was coming down almost in field goal range, and you saw what happened to Sager or what? Tell us what's trending to Sager. Pick six, Florida State is going to survive. It's under three minutes to go at FSU. Seminoles, who had just gotten a touchdown and two-point conversion for the lead, now could go up 36-26 over Samford again late in the game. And they are starting the second half in 96-degree weather tonight at Arizona State. Halftime, it's 3 nothing. 15th-ranked Michigan State leading the Sun Devils. UConn finally on the board. They're down 48. 48- 8-7 at 20th ranked Boise State late in the third quarter. San Diego State needed two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to escape with a win against Sacramento State, 28-14 the final. And Indiana State's at Louisville. That game was 7-7 in the third quarter and a long night because they had a huge storm and a weather delay earlier. Now about five minutes ago, Louisville ahead at home, 31-7. There was the upset with... Kentucky finally beating the Florida Gators. They won at 25th ranked Florida tonight, 27-16. Any more transfers? Or no, just one. Right? <laughs> just Stay tuned. The night is young. Yeah. Well, but- I, 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 if Sanford would have won, I don't know how many people would have transferred after that. Kentucky <laughs> had lost 31 straight years head-to-head with the Florida Gators, going back to 1986. And even before that, they'd lost six years in a row before that. So it's time to celebrate for Kentucky football. Yes, they do have a football program. And by the way, our last guest just mentioned UFC 228 was tonight. Tyrone Woodley defended his welterweight title with a second round submission over Darren Till. And they're still playing baseball or trying to in the bad weather in D.C. They're in another rain delay, which started a half hour ago at about midnight Eastern time. And this is the second game of a doubleheader. It's an unbelievable Unbelievably long night of baseball, and the Nationals are trying for a doubleheader sweep of the Cubs. With Max Scherzer, they won the first game 10-3 over Chicago. Bryce Harper is homered to give him a 6-5 lead over the Cubs. They're middle of the eighth inning and not yet done in that game. Milwaukee won. And St. Louis lost, giving up a wild pitch in the bottom of the ninth at Detroit. The Mets beat Philadelphia. Atlanta wins in 10 innings. Colorado beat the Dodgers. The Yankees and Cleveland each one. Houston and Oakland beach one, uh, each one. Arizona Cardinals gave star running back David Johnson a three-year extension worth 30 mil guaranteed. Good deal. And as far as the top 10, Clemson ranked number two. 
won 28-26 at Texas A&M. A&M missed a late two-point try. Georgia and Notre Dame got wins on Fox TV tonight. Stanford beat USC 17-3. The Trojans with three turnovers in that game. And how about this? Ohio State in its game ranked fourth. They beat up Rutgers 52-3. So a 49-point margin of victory. Of the last three matchups with Rutgers, they've beaten them by 49, by 56, and by 58. That's pretty competitive. The last time a team outscored a conference opponent by those margins in three straight games was Miami over Rutgers about 20 years ago. I thought you were going to say Savannah State (laughs) is what you were going to tell me. Yeah, that final score was Miami 77 to nothing against Savannah State. How about their night? Five first downs for the whole game, 10 punts, four turnovers. They had 18 drives on offense and only 78 yards of offense. Mm. And congratulations to Kansas football. It had lost 46 straight road games until a win at Central Michigan, 31-7. That roadless win streak apparently had tied Northwestern for longest in the FBS. Northwestern through 1982. That's it. No preseason hockey scores you want to give. It's full, right. It's a thanks full a lot. Night. Oh yeah. my goodness! You killed the rest of the show. Oh, hold on, Manitoba has just taken a lead. Yes, thank Sorry. you. <laughs> oh, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save fifty percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Just go to geico.com or give them a call one eight hundred nine four seven auto. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Um, real quick, as we continue looking at Week One of the NFL, obviously. I was going to say starts tomorrow, starts today, because I'm on the East Coast, uh, Aaron. So uh, we're on Sunday. Le'Veon Bell, uh, now that we know he's not coming in for game one, I still, I still don't think that means he's going to sit out the first 10 games and then come in after that. I still think there'll be a chance that he may come in earlier, um, though I'm not so sure it's going to be game two or game three either. Well, he's sacrificing what about almost a million dollars a week? Like 800,000 plus, uh, give or take some change there. Exactly. And so... I do, in some ways, see it from his perspective, the idea that, look, the Steelers are going to run him into the ground. They know it's their last year with him, uh, very likely, certainly with the way things have played out, and they are going to try to get the most out of him. But at a certain point, one, you got to showcase yourself for uh, potentially another team. But then, two, oh, by the way, you got I mean, he's probably got bills to pay like the rest what, of us. What would happen if Aaron Rodgers was in the final year of his contract and said, I know that the Packers are just going to want me to throw the ball all over the place, oh, so I'm going to sit out. The- that's not the same. You know Why that's not? not the same. Now you're just making stuff up to just no, no, to, to no, just no, be I'm not, I'm not just keeping it. Okay, why why is that not the same? And two, how about if they have, like, let's say we'll throw in a bad offensive line also, but why is, why is that not okay? Well, your point about Green Bay's offensive line at times has not been the best, but, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he had, what, 400 touches last year or something like that right around there? I mean, we're talking about getting hit, getting tackled hard 15, 20, 25 times a game. That's a oh, lot. Also, because he plays in the – oh, when I wanted to make an exception for quarterbacks, you didn't want that, but you wanted an exception for running backs because he's going to be hit hard and Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be hit hard. Well, I mean, if you were Le'Veon Bell, would you? Would you come back? I mean, I – Would I come – I signed the contract, didn't I? I planned on coming back, I guess. But you also you unless it, unless that was just a fraud. But go uh, ahead. No, I mean you made it yeah. very clear during the off season that you thought you were worth a little bit more money. The the organization used the franchise tag on you to keep you under contract below market value. I mean, Arnie, come on, we know no, it's no, your market. We wait, know wait, what's your is, market. Why is that below market value on a franchise tag? That's not below market value. Well, it's less than he thinks he's worth. 
Well, I mean, by, by the way, he wants sixteen million a year. Didn't they offer him like fifteen something? Or they offered him a little bit less. I mean, I will say this in defense of the Steelers is I believe he was asking for more money than what Todd Gurley ultimately got. And look, Todd Gurley's younger. Todd Gurley, obviously, uh, you know, and so you, you know, you could make the cases a more dynamic runner. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like to me, look, look. I just to answer your question directly, I do agree with you that I don't think he's going to sit out the full 10 games to get in before the end of the season. But I just don't, I don't, I mean, it's hard for me to blame him when he thinks he's worth more and he knows he's going to get run into the ground if he comes back to and play with the You Steelers. see, I've stayed consistent. I think there's a difference when a Jimmy Garoppolo wants to go ahead and leave because he wasn't playing compared to a Le'Veon Bell, compared to a Jalen Hurts. You know, I know each case is different and we're comparing a college to pro. Um, and obviously you can't hold out in college, but each is different, and if you're not going to play them, like in Hertz's case, and I, I mean really play them, or in Jimmy Garoppolo's case, then you've got to move them. But now, see, that's, that's why if I'm running Pittsburgh, he never would have been on the team coming into this season. He would have been shipped out after last season. I would have tolerated this, and Ooh. they knew it was coming. You know that, right? They, they knew this was coming. Arnie coming down with the hammer. I like yeah. it. Uh, let's get back to week one of the NFL. Nobody talking about the Chiefs Chargers. That, to me, is the best game coming under the radar. Some people even going with the Chiefs as a, a Super Bowl sleeper. Excuse me, the Chargers as a Super Bowl sleeper. Why are we just giving up the Chiefs? Is that because they can't win a super uh, playoff game on the, at home or what? I think, uh, I think you'd probably agree with me on this. I mean, there's just, to me, so much uncertainty at the quarterback. Look, I get Mahomes was awesome in the preseason. He's going to have those throws that blow up, that are on Twitter, that the videos that get retweeted a million times, he throws it 60 yards downfield yeah. off the bat. But that doesn't always translate in game situations, and it doesn't always translate in regular season situations. So to me, I think that's why everyone's kind of – I think everyone, you know, they got one foot in, in the water on the Chiefs, but they're not ready to jump two feet in because they don't know what they're going to get from the quarterback position. I don't know what to get out of uh, out of Tannehill with the Dolphins at the quarterback position. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, it was a miserable year last year. Uh, now some of the you know premier guys are gone, like Jay Ajayi and and, and uh, Jarvis Landry. Is there enough weapons for Tannehill? Is he a good enough quarterback? I mean, it, it could be another miserable season for the for this team again. Yeah, I do think it is going to be another miserable season. By the way, you know, I I was thinking about this the other day as I was watching uh, the Dolphins in the pre play in the preseason. Adam Gaze, wasn't he supposed to be this offensive genius? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we stop blaming? Best thing since uh, Walsh. Yeah, and I like I get it. Like, he had, you know, he was obviously really successful that last year in, in uh, Chicago with Jay Cutler and all. I get all that, but like, <laughs> I just I just got what you said, the best thing since Bill Walsh. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, but, like, can we stop labeling everyone an, everyone an offensive genius? I feel like we get that way too much, and no disrespect to Adam Gaze. He's had some... Uh, tough things pop up but since he's been there. Obviously, the Tannehill injury, the offensive line coach uh, doing some things outside of work that he shouldn't have been doing. But, like, we got to stop labeling all these guys offensive geniuses. It kind of takes away from it, I think. I heard a rumor, maybe you could confirm this or, or maybe you could deny this. Is John Elway suiting up to play for the Broncos tomorrow? I, I'm hearing rumors that he may. Uh, I have not heard that rumor. Where did you hear that? On yeah, the internet? You know, I think he'd be the best quarterback right now if he suited up. What do you think? Case Keenum just played in an NFC Championship Stop game last it. year. He was amazing. Stop it. You, the you miracle. Think the miracle in uh, the mall if, or whatever they I called it. I want you to know something. There. If Case Keenum is as good as you think he is, then the Broncos should win that division then. 
He's phenomenal. He's unbelievable. Well, no, right. I mean, how, win the division. You were just saying the Chargers are a Super Bowl sleeper. The Chiefs are your favorite well, I'm team not in picking, the NFL. I'm not picking the Broncos. That I promise you. Matter of fact, when we get back finally, uh, some of our picks against the spread for week one, our Super Bowl pick, all that coming up next. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. This is Fox Sports Radio. Great news, everybody. There's a quick way to save money. Just switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. He's Aaron Torres. You can reach him at Aaron underscore Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. You can reach me at Genius one All right, Aaron, let's get to week one of the NFL picks. Give us some music, Bobo. Put us in the mood. Give us a little football music, would you please, for crying out loud. I'll start things off. I'm all over Carolina minus the three against the Cowboys. The Cowboys, look, I'm not saying they're you know one of those three and thirteen teams, but I can see them more eight and eight than anything else. Once again, Carolina's got a lot to prove, and I think they could be a sleeper to make a run at the Super Bowl. Carolina, the much better team, and all I have to do is lay three points. Give me Carolina minus the three against the Cowboys. I am sorry to our producer Eminem. But I do not understand this fascination with the Browns. I've said it many times. When your starting linebacker gets arrested for insider trading, when you have a brewing quarterback controversy, when one of your wide receivers gets busted for pot, arrested for pot, doesn't even tell the coach, it tells me the organization is still dysfunctional. Steelers roll in week one, even without Le'Veon Bell. I'm not on the Patriots bandwagon this year. Uh, three wide receivers. Edelman's going to be suspended. No clear-cut running game. Sony Michelle's been hurt. I've got questions about the first-team defense. Don't want the six and a half. Don't need the six and a half. I'm taking the six and a half. Upset special number one. The Texans beat the Patriots. The line is moving in my favor on this one. I've said for weeks now the Jimmy G hype a little bit too much, and it has nothing to do with who he's dating in the offseason, by the way. <laughs> Minnesota was a five and a half point fav- favorite. It's up to six and a half. Woo! Yes, I'm telling you, elite defense going up against Jimmy G, who beat up on a lot of bad competition late in the year. Give me the Vikings, the points. They're at home. They win big. Give me my Giants for no other reason than sentimental, because if I lose with the Giants, I'm going to cry all the way until next year when football season comes around. All my teams can't be crappy. The Giants, though. With the signing of Odell Beckham Jr., with the pickup of Saquon Barkley, with the pickup of Nate Solder, uh, shoring up that offensive line. Eli Manning's got a lot to prove. He's back. Giants have a great defense. Give me the G-Men plus the three. Arnie, you stole my thunder on this last one. I am totally on board with you. First of all, uh, I like what the Giants did in the offseason. All the moves you mentioned, you add Saquon Barkley, you shore up the offensive line. I'm also just not sold on the Jags. This is a team that beat up on a weak, battered, bruised AFC South last year. Obviously, the the Texans without Deshaun Watson for most of the year. The Colts without Andrew Luck. They have some injuries, some suspensions coming in this game. No Dante Fowler. To me, I think Jacksonville was a one-year, one-hit wonder. Giants win and give Arnie Spanier some peace of mind while the rest of his teams are terrible. All right, let me finish up my six-pack, three more picks. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs plus the three-and-a-half. That line went from three to three-and-a-half. Uh, the public pretty much split on who they like in this one, though they certainly like the over. I think the Chiefs put some points on the board. Chargers won't be able to keep up. Give me Kansas City plus the three and a half. Rams, man, I am all over the Rams in the Monday night game against the Oakland Raiders. 
I think the Raiders are going to have a miserable year. The public also on the Rams. Give me the Rams minus the four. And I don't believe in the Bills, Aaron. I think it's going to be a horrible year for them. I remember what last time Nathan Peterman started at quarterback. <laughs> Give me the Ravens minus the seven and a half. So there you have our picks. Do with them as you please. But they are strictly for entertainment purposes only. Who do you have in the Super Bowl? Patriots Rams, baby. The <laughs> only person at Fox Sports Radio that picked the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I get the doubts from people like you. Yeah, I'm betting on Belichick. I'm betting on Brady. And I'm betting, frankly, that we're going to get somebody weird out of the NFC without a ton of of kind of Super Bowl chops. Somebody like the Rams. Somebody, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's going to be one of those marquee organizations like the Packers or whatever. So you get a confident Patriots team coming off a Super Bowl loss. I like them to win it all. I have Green Bay and Pittsburgh with the Packers winning it all. Now, obviously, I was assuming Le'Veon Bell was going to be the starting running back. I'm not going to change my pick because for some weird reason, I feel like once I change my pick, Pittsburgh will go 15-1 and and make it to the Super Bowl. So uh, I'll stick with them whether Le'Veon Bell comes in today, tomorrow, 10 weeks from now, or never. Green Bay over Pittsburgh. I wanted to say my thank yous. First of all, thanks to Eminem. Uh, producing the show, Bobo, our technical director, the Sager, on the updates. Coming up next, R.J. Bell and Jonas, straight out of Vegas. Jonas filling in. I'm wondering if uh, Live Bet Jesus is going to make an appearance. I don't think I don't think uh, R.J. Bell ever met Live Bet Jesus. So, yeah, so uh, those guys are coming up next. Jonas is going to be sitting in with R.J. Bell. Uh, Aaron, enjoy Sunday, and I will uh, catch up with you next week, my friend. Thank you, Arnie. Pleasure as always, and good luck to your Giants. All right, good luck to you guys uh, uh, betting the games tomorrow. Good luck to everybody watching the games. Week one of the NFL, it is finally here. And, man, it couldn't come soon enough. Straight out of Vegas, coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.